in the same house. How now, friend Eros? There's strange news. Come, sir. What man? Caesar and Lepidus have made wars upon Pompey. Oh, this is old. What is the success? Caesar, having made use of him in the wars against Pompey, presently denied him rivality, would not let him partake in the glory of the action, and not resting there, accuses him of letters he had formerly wrote to Pompey. Upon his own appeal, seizes him, so the poor third is up till death enlarge his confine. Then, world. In Rome. Contemning Rome, he has done all this and more in Alexandria. Here's the matter of it. In the marketplace, on a tribunal silvered, Cleopatra and himself in chairs of gold were publicly enthroned. At the feet sat Caesarion. Unto her he gave the establishment of Egypt, made her of Lower Syria, Cyprus, Lydia, absolute queen. This in the public eye. Aye, the common showplace, where they exercise. She in the habiliments of the god Isis that day appeared, as tis reported so. Let Rome be thus informed. Who, queasy with his insolence already, will their good thoughts call from him? The people know it, and have now received his accusation. Who does he accuse? Caesar, and that having in Sicily Sextus Pompeius spoiled. We had not rated him his part of the isle. Then, does he say he lent me some shipping unrestored? Lastly, he frets the Lepidus and the triumph virtue should have disposed, and being that the and being that we detain all his revenue. Sir, this should be answered. Tis done already, and the messenger gone. I have told him Lepidus has grown too cruel, that he his high authority abused, and did deserve his change. And for what I have conquered, I grant him part. But then, in his Armenia and other of his conquered kingdoms, I demand the like. He'll never yield to that. Nor must he then be yielded to in this. Hail Caesar, and my lord, hail most dear Caesar. That ever I should call thee castaway. You have not called me so, nor have you cause. Why have you stolen upon us thus? You come not like Caesar's sister, the wife of Antony, should have an army for an usher, and the nays of horse to tell of her approach, long ere she did appear. Nay, the dust should have ascended to the roof of heaven, raised by your populous troops. But you have come, a market made to Rome, and have prevented the ostentation of our love, which left unshown is often left unloved. Good, my lord, to come thus was I not constrained, but did on my free will. My lord, Mark Antony, hearing that you prepared for war, acquainted my grieved ear with all, whereon I begged his pardon for return. Which soon he granted, being an obstruct tween his lust and hearing. Do not say so, my lord. I have eyes upon him, and his affairs come to me on the wind. Where is he now? My lord, in Athens. No, my most wronged sister. Cleopatra hath nodded him to her. He hath given his empire up to a whore, who now are levying the king of the earth for war. I, me, most wretched, that have my heart parted betwixt two friends that do afflict each other. Welcome hither. 
your letters did withhold our breaking forth, till we perceived both how you were wrong-led, and we in negligent danger. Cheer your heart, be you not troubled with the time, you are abused beyond the mark of thought, and the high gods, to do you justice, make them ministers of us and those that love you. Best of comfort and ever welcome to us. Welcome, lady. Welcome, dear madam. Each heart in Rome does love and pity you. Only the adulterous Antony, most large in his abomination, turns you off and gives his potent regiment to a troll that noises it against us. Is it so, sir? Most certain. Sister, welcome. Actium, the western coast of Greece. I will be even with thee, doubt it not. But why? Thou hast forespoke my being in these wars, and sayst it is not fit. Well, is it? If not denounced against us, why should not we be there in person? Mm, I could reply, if we should serve with horse and mares together, the horse were merely lost, and the mares would bear a soldier and his horse. What is it you say? Uh, uh, <clears throat> your present needs must puzzle, Antony. Uh, take from his heart, take from his brain, from his time, what should not then be spared. He is already traduced for levity, and tis said in Rome that Fontius, a eunuch, and your maids manage this war. Sink, Rome, and their tongues rot that speak against us. A charge we bear in the war, and as the president of my kingdom, will appear there for a man. Speak not against it. I will not stay behind. Nay, I have done. Oh, here comes the Emperor. Is it not strange, Canidius, that from Tarentum and Brundusium he could so quickly cut the Ionian Sea and take in Turin? You have heard on it, sweet. Celerity is never more admired than by the negligent. <laughs> A good rebuke, which might well have become the best of men to taunt at slackness. Canidius, we will fight with him by sea. By sea? What else? Why will my lord do so? For that he dares us to it. So hath my lord dared him to a single fight? Aye, and to wage this battle at Thessalia, where Caesar fought with Pompey. But these offers, which serve not for his vantage, be shakes off, and so should you. Your ships are not well manned. Your mariners are mutilers, reapers, people engrossed by swift empress. In Caesar's fleet are those that often have gainst Pompey fought. Their ships are yours heavy. No disgrace shall fall you for refusing him at sea, being prepared for that. Ah, by sea, by sea. Most worthy sir, you therein throw away the absolute soldiership you have by land. Distract your arm, leave unexecuted your own renowned knowledge, and give up yourself merely to chance and hazard from firm security. I'll fight at sea. I have sixty sails, Caesar none better. Our overplus of shipping will we burn, and with the rest full man from the head of Actium beat the approaching Caesar. But if we fail, we then can do it at land. How now, worthy soldier? O noble emperor, do not fight by sea. Trust not to rotten planks. Do you misdoubt this sword and these my wounds? Let the Egyptians and the Phoenicians go a-ducking. We have used to conquer, standing on the earth and fighting foot to foot. Well, well. Will away. 
by Hercules, I think I'm in the right. Soldier, thou art. But his whole action grows not in the power on it. You keep by land the legions and the horse whole, do you not? Mm. Marcus Octavius, Marcus Justasus, Publicola and Caelius are for sea, but we, we keep whole by land. The speed of Caesar's carries beyond belief. While he was yet in Rome, his power went out in such distractions as beguiled all spies. Who's his lieutenant? They say one Taurus. I know the man well. Strike not by land, keep home. Provoke not battle till we done at sea. Do not exceed the prescript of the scroll. Our fortune lies upon this jump. Set we our squadrons on yon side of the hill in eye of Caesar's battle, from which place we may the number of the ships behold, and so proceed accordingly. Nought, nought, I can behold no longer. Antoniad, the Egyptian admiral, with all their sixty fly and turn the rudder. Deceit mine eyes are blasted. Gods and goddesses, all the whole synod of them. Oh, what's thy passion? The very cantle of the world is lost with very ignorance. We'd have kissed away kingdoms and provinces. How appears the fight? On our side, like the token pestilence, where death is sure, young Riverhead, nag of Egypt, whom leprosy overtake in the midst of the fight, when vantage, like a pair of twins, appeared, both of the same, rather... Owls the elder, the breeze upon her, like a cow in June, hoist sails and flies. That I beheld. Mine eyes did sicken at the sight and could not endure a further view. She once being loofed, the noble ruin of her magic, Antony, claps his sea wing and like a doting mallard leaving the fight in height, flies after her. I never saw an action of such shame. Experience, manhood, honour, ne'er before did violate so itself. Alack, Alack! Our fortune on the sea is out of breath and sinks most lamentably. Had our general been what he knew himself, it had gone well. Oh, he has given example for our flight, most grossly by his own. Toward Peloponnesus are they fled. Tis easy to it, and there I will attend what further comes. To Caesar will I render my legions and my horse. Six kings already show me the way of yielding. Yep. And I'll yet follow the wounded chance of Antony. Sits in the wind against me. A ship en route to Egypt and Alexandria. Hark! The land bids me tread no more upon it. It is a shame to bear me. Friends, come hither. I am so lated in the world that I have lost my way forever. I have a ship laden with gold. Take that, divide it, fly, and make your peace with Caesar. I have fled myself, and have instructed cowards to run and show their shoulders. Be gone! I have myself resolved upon a course which has no need of you. Oh, my very hairs do mutiny, for the white reprove the brown for rashness, and they them for fear and doting. Friends, you shall have letters from me to some friends that will sweep your way for you. Take the hint which my despair proclaims to the seaside straightway! My treasure's in the harbour, take it. I will possess you of that ship. Leave me, I pray, a little. Nay, gentle madam, to him, comfort him. 
Do, most dear queen. Do? Why? What else? Let me sit down. Oh, Juno. No, 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 no! See you here, sir. Oh, fie, fie! Madam. Madam, our good empress. Sir. Sir. Yes, my lord. Yes, he at Philippi kept his sword in like a dancer. He alone dealt on lieutenantry, and no practice had in the brave squares of war, yet now... Uh, no matter. Stand by. The queen, my lord. The queen. Go to him, madam. Speak to him. He is unqualified with very shame. Well then, sustain me. Oh. Most noble sir, arise. The queen approaches. Her head's declined and death will seize her, but your comfort makes the rescue. I have offended reputation. A most unnoble swerving. Sir, the queen. Oh, whither hast thou led me, Egypt? See how I convey my shame out of thine eyes by looking back what I have left behind, destroyed in dishonor. My lord, my lord, forgive my fearful sails. I little thought you would have followed. Egypt, thou knewest too well my heart was to thy rudder tied by the strings, and thou shouldst tow me after. Oh, my pardon. Now I must to the young man send humble treaties, dodge and palter in the shifts of loneliness, who with half the bulk of the world played as I pleased. Making and marring fortunes. You did know how much you were my conqueror, and that my sword, made weak by my affection, would obey it on all cause. Pardon, pardon. Now fall not a tear, I say. One of them rates all that is won and lost. Give me a kiss. Even this repays me. We sent our schoolmaster, is he come back? Caesar's camp, near Alexandria, where his army is besieging it. Let him appear that's come from Anthony. Know you him? Uh, Caesar, tis his schoolmaster, an argument that he is plucked when hither. He sends so poor opinion of his wing. Approach and speak. Such as I am, I come from Antony. I was late as petty to his ends, as in the morn dew on the myrtle leaf to his grand sea. But so, declare thine office. Lord of his fortunes, he salutes thee and requires to live in Egypt, which is not granted. He lessens his requests and to thee sues to let him breathe between the heavens and earth. A private man in Athens, this is for him. Next, Cleopatra does confess thy greatness, submits to her thy might, and of thee craves the circle of the Ptolemies for her heirs. Now has it to thy grace. For Anthony, I have no ears to his request. The queen of audience nor desire shall fail. So she from Egypt drive her all-disgraced friend, or take his life there. This is if she perform, she shall not sue unheard. So to them both. Fortune pursue thee. Bring him through the bands. To try thy eloquence now, tis time, dispatch. From Anthony win Cleopatra, promise, and in our name what she requires add more. From thine intervention offers. Women are not in their best fortune strong, but want will procure. And ne'er a touched vessel, try thy cunning, Thidius. Make thine own edict and thy pains, which we will answer as a law. Caesar, I go. Observe how Anthony becomes his flaw. 
and what thou thinkest his very action speaks in every power that moves. Caesar, I shall. Alexandria, Cleopatra's palace. What shall we do, Anabarbus? Think and die? Is Antony or we in fault for this? Antony only, and that would make his will lord of his reason. What though you fled from that great face of war? Why should he follow? The itch of his affection should not then have nicked his captainship. At such a point when half to half the world posed, he being the mere question, was a shame, no less, from what has lost to course your flying flags and leave his navy gazing. Prithee, peace. Is that his answer? Aye, my lord. The queen shall then have courtesy, so she will yield us up. Uh, he says so. Let her know it. To the boy Caesar send this grizzled head, and he will fill thy wishes to the brim with principalities. That head, my lord? To him again. Tell him he wears the rose of youth upon him, his coin, ships, legions, maybe a coward's, whose ministers would prevail under the service of a child as soon as at the command of Caesar. I dare him, therefore, to lay his gay comparisons apart and answer me declined, sword against sword, ourselves alone. I'll write it. Follow me. Yes, like enough. High battle with Caesar will unstate his happiness and be staged to the show against a sworder. I see men's judgments are a parcel with their fortune, and things outward do draw the inward quality after them to suffer all alike. That he should dream, knowing all measures. Full Caesar will answer his emptiness. Caesar, thou hast subdued his judgment too. A messenger from Caesar. What? No more ceremony? See, my women? Against the blown rose may they stop their nose that kneeled unto the buds. Admit him, sir. My honesty and I begin to square. The loyalty well held to fools does make our faith a mere folly. Yet he can endure to follow with allegiance a fallen lord. Does conquer him that did his master conquer and earn a place in his story? Caesar's will? Here is a path. None but friends, say boldly. So happily are they friends to Antony. He needs as many, sir, as Caesar has. Or need not us. If Caesar please, our master will leap to be his friend. So thus then, thou most renowned, Caesar entreats not to consider in what else thou stand'st further than he is Caesar. Go on, right royal. He knows that you embrace not Antony as you did love, but as you feared him. Oh? The scars upon your honour, therefore, he does pity as constrained blemishes, not as deserved. He is a god and knows what is most right. Mine honour was not yielded, but conquered merely. To be sure of that, I will ask Antony. Sir, sir, thou art so leaky that we must have thee to be thy sinking, or thy dearest quit thee. <laughs> Shall I say to Caesar what you require of him? For he partly begs to be desired to give. It would warm his spirits to hear from me you had left, Antony, and put yourself under his shroud, the universal landlord. What's your name? My name is Thidius. Most kind messenger. 
say to great Caesar this in deputation. I kiss his conquering hand, tell him I am prompt to lay my crown at his feet and there to kneel. Tell him from his all-obeying breath I hear the doom of Egypt. Tis your noblest course, wisdom and fortune, combating together. If the former dare but what it can, no chance may shake it. Give me grace to lay my duty on your hand. kisses her hand. Your Caesar's father oft, when he hath mused of taking kingdoms in, bestowed his lips on that unworthy place, as it rained kisses. Favours by Jove that thunders! What art thou, One that fellow? but performs the bidding of the fullest man, and worthiest to have command obeyed. Oh, you will be whipped. Approach there! Ah, you kite! Now, gods and devils, authority melts from me. Of late, when I cried, Ho! Like boys unto a must, kings would start forth and cry, Your will? Have you no ears? I am Antony yet. Take hence this jack and whip him. It is better playing a lion's whelp than with an old one dying. Moon and stars, whip him! Were twenty of the greatest tributaries that do acknowledge Caesar, should I find them so saucy with the hand of she here? What's her name? Since she was Cleopatra? Whip him, fellows, till like a boy you see him cringe his face and whine aloud for mercy. Mark Antony! Take him hence. Tuck him away. Being whipped, bring him again. This jack of Caesar's shall bear us an errand to him. You were half-blasted ere I knew you, huh? Have I my pillow left unpressed in Rome, forborn the getting of a lawful race, and by a gem of women to be abused by one that looks on feeders? Good, my lord. You have been a boggler ever. But when we and our viciousness grow hard, oh, misery on it, the wise gods seal our eyes in our own filth Drop our clear judgments, make us adore our errors, laugh at us, while we strut to our confusion. Oh, is it come to this? I found you as a morsel, coal upon dead Caesar's trencher. Besides what hotter hours, unregistered in vulgar fame, you have luxuriously picked out. For I am sure, though you can guess what temperance should be, you know not what it is. Wherefore is this? To let a fellow that will take rewards and say, God quit you, be familiar with my playfellow, your hand, this kingly seal and plighter of high hearts. For I have savage cause, and to proclaim it civilly were like a halted neck which does the hangman thank for being yeah about him. Is he whipped? Soundly, my lord. Cried he, and begged a pardon. He did ask favour. Be thou sorry to follow Caesar in his triumph, since thou hast been whipped for following him. Get thee back to Caesar. Tell him of thy entertainment. Have you done yet? 
Alack, our terrene moon is now eclipsed, and it portends alone the fall of Antony. I must stay his time. To flatter Caesar, would you mingle eyes with one that ties his point? Not know me yet? Cold-hearted toward me? Dear, if I be so, from my cold heart let heaven engender hail, and poison it in the source, and the first stone drop in my neck as it determines so dissolve my life. The next Caesarian smite, together with my brave Egyptians all, by the discandying of this pelleted form lie graveless, till the flies and gnats of Nile have buried them for prey. I am satisfied. Caesar sits down in Alexandria, where I will oppose his fate. Our force by land hath nobly held. Our seventh navy too have knit again, and fleet threatening most sea-like. Ah, where's thou been, my heart? Dost thou hear, lady? If from the field I shall return once more to kiss these lips, I will appear in blood. I and my sword will earn our chronicle. There's hope in it yet. That's my brave lord. I will be treble sinewed, hearted, breathed, and fight maliciously. For when mine hours were nice and lucky, men did ransom lives of me for jests. But now I'll set my teeth and send to darkness all that stopped me. Come, let's have one other gaudy night. Call to me all my sad captains. Fill our bowls once more. Let's mock the midnight bell. It is my birthday. I thought to have held it poor, but since my lord is Antony again, I will be Cleopatra. <laughs> we will yet do well. Call all his noble captains to my lord. Do so. We'll speak to them. And tonight I'll force this wine peep through their scars. Come on, my queen. There's sap in it yet. The next time I do fight, I'll make death love me. For I will contend even with his pestilent scythe. Now he'll outstare the lightning. To be furious is to be frighted out of fear. And in that mood the dove will peck the estridge. And I see still the diminution in our captain's brain restores his heart. And valor preys on reason. It eats the sword it fights with. I will seek some way to leave him. This concludes the third episode of Anthony and Cleopatra, an audio drama by the MSC. Stay tuned for next week's episode, where Antony, who has resolved to fight with Cleopatra as his strength, faces off against the cunning and fortune-favoured Caesar. Cleopatra says she's devoted to Antony, but we know from her past how savvy a politician she is. Can Antony trust her to stay loyal to him, even in defeat? Will his decline be too much for both his love and his men to bear? Thank you to all the cast and crew who made the episode possible. We've been Steph and James, your hosts. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. 
follow us on Instagram at ant.and.clio and at the Monash Shakespeare Company Facebook page for more information and updates about the show.